0: coming to you from philadelphia i'm anthony and i'm Cece, and you're listening to lit pop bang all right welcome welcome to our june episode really excited Yeah. getting summer just about started here yeah Mid-year. yeah yeah we made it really excited yeah
1: I th- we're halfway through it's crazy because I mean, AWP in April and the beginning of the year. I mean, it seems like it's going so fast.
0: Can you believe we had two and a half years with no president of the United States? It's really amazing. You know what? I'm uh, not.
1: Anyway, anyway. <laughs>
0: we have a great episode for you. We're really excited this month of being Jamie Fontaine, who lives in, and writes in Philadelphia, where she's a co-host of the Tire Fire Reading Series, along with Mike Ingram at Tattooed Mom. She also writes the Fontaine of Advice column for Barrel House, and she is the author of the new novella, Manhunt will be available from Mason Jar Press this summer. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks
2: for having me we're and really... for coming to my house.
0: Yeah, thank you for hosting. Yes. She's yes. hosting yes. in her South Philadelphia, Philadelphia house. Yes,
1: we're very happy to be here. Yeah. We're happy you Serving invited us, drinks. us to your home. Serving us drinks. Well, we up didn't. in her living I mean, room. Anthony's exposing all the, like, tea. He's, like, serving us <laughs> drinks. But, yeah, yes. I
2: have, yeah, I'm going to try to make you eat half of a pie later, too. Well, we're, we're going to have a pie-eating contest. Yeah, pie-eating contest. <laughs> I don't know if I can do that. Anyway. <laughs> we shouldn't do that on audio.
0: Jamie, that's your official bio. That's yeah. the bio you put on websites and artist statements and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, that
2: is what I say about myself. Yeah,
0: after. but we also ask you, what's not in there? What is you that's not in your official bio? Tell us something
2: um, about you. Um... Well, I'm very bad on the spot at answering questions about myself. Not that true. is both true and also just a stalling technique I'm yeah. using. Yeah, that's good. um, I uh, am pretty medium at karaoke. Oh, good. Oh, pretty are you medium. a karaoke like, person
0: though? You go. I'm.
2: A, I like karaoke, yeah. and I do like a pretty solid dancing. Oh
0: yeah. yeah. Um, so, Your mother yeah. or some other?
2: I mean, mother is the most available for karaoke course, Danzig song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the thing about Glenn Danzig as a vocalist is that he's basically just like a doo-wop singer who thinks he's bad. Yeah. And so it's I really... I do not know who Glenn is. Oh, you know Danzig? Man. Danzig the band. Um, we, we're going to show you a picture of him in his 60s after this. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. then that should be the beginning of the pop segment. Okay. <laughs> <All right. laughs> it's All right, just folks. Celeste reacts to pictures <laughs> like, of Glenn Danzig. Oh my god. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what that <laughs>
1: would look like, but oh, i open to I can't it. wait for you Dance to find Lake out. is
0: like punk or horror punk?
2: Horror or, punk.
0: You know horror punk if you're familiar I don't know that. I don't
2: even Basically, know that Basically, he's a, a very small, insecure man from New Jersey. Okay. Who really liked horror movies. Okay. And uh, didn't wear a shirt for like most of the 80s <laughs> through the mid 90s.
0: A popular adult swim cartoon actually spent a whole episode making fun of the fact that he didn't wear shirts.
2: Yeah, he takes himself really seriously, and that makes it hilarious. He's also the same age and height as my friend Alana's mom. (laughs) Age and height. Yeah.
1: Listeners, right now I'm making a crazy
2: face. We'll put a picture (laughs) in the show notes.
1: Because, yeah, yeah, there will be a picture, and I'm I'm afraid. After this,
2: one of us takes a picture of the other show. So left right, a picture right, right, right. of Glenn yes, Danzig. That is
0: definitely going in the show notes. There it is. Um, <laughs> you want to start with the questions you have <laughs> wait, about I mean, the book? Wait, and...
1: wait, wait. Sure, sure, sure. But I'm saying, I mean, we this is this is no good segue here. There's not. There's a segue from horror punk to like
2: I don't, I don't know, Jamie's. Jamie, Jamie's do you November? like horror punk? Um, I mean, I can I spend more time listening to the first four Danzig albums than I should. And, like, I love the Misfits for what they are, Mm -hmm. but I'm not, like, intensely into it. I never went through a rockabilly phase. Um, I look weird in contrived outfits because I already kind of look like a cartoon. Uh, So, like, if you just add more to that, I look ridiculous. More ridiculous.
0: Yeah. I... I definitely did when I lived in Southern California. I did go I mean, through. It's kind a of inescapable face. there,
2: right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You either have to be like a red hot chili peppers California person or like yeah. a rockabilly California yeah, yeah, yeah. person. Yeah. You have to be or if capital you're C rich.
0: chill, right? Yeah. Or you have to be into punk and yeah. rockabilly. Or, or you
2: get to be rich and do whatever you want. Yeah. But yeah. like,
0: yeah.
2: I'm guessing that you weren't.
0: Rich. I was not rich at the time. I was really Dear rich.
2: listeners, this is a very
1: white conversation at this moment. And I'm I trying
0: to think of a black figure in. Horror punk or psychobilly, I'm having a hard time doing. Right,
2: so, um. punk right. is like rather disappointingly white. Although yeah. um, Ivan Julian, who was in the Voidoids, mm-hmm. he was first in the Commodores. So, oh, wow. there's, like, a small com- fraction.
1: Uh, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. there is a word that I know in the first seven minutes yeah, well, of this podcast. <laughs> yeah, corridors. <'cause>
2: like, <laughs> I mean, this is not what this podcast is about, but, like, if you look at, like, the late 70s, early 80s, uh-huh. like, New York, like, punk yeah. poetry, okay. visual okay. Yes. art yes. crossover, you- yes. that's where it gets less white, although there were yes. definitely still people who were real yes. shitty, I and there's a pretty good Lester Bangs article that he wrote called, like, uh oh i can't remember what it was called um but then also hanif abdurakib did like a really good read of that in um you can't kill us till they kill us yes um about afropunk where he references the Lester banks article um about like how white punk is and how like there are small ins and it's like not really necessarily gotten much better for people. Yeah, I can yeah. see that. Yeah. There
0: are, of course, like iconic black and brown figures in early punk, right? right. You get like Bad Brains, of course. That's the one to mm-hmm. yeah, talk about. Brand, yeah. uh, West Coast, you get people like um, suicidal tendencies. But punk is painfully mm-hmm. white. Yeah. Punk. I mean, the punk that white American people talk about is painfully white. I think yeah. there's like a global punk movement that is really cool and multiracial. But when most Americans talk about punk, that's not what they're talking about, right? Yeah.
2: yeah. I think there was like a lot of cool crossover, but also it was like this when it first started out, like there was that huge part of like what white Americans thought was cool in the 60s and 70s was right. like knowing a black person and then being like, wouldn't it be cool if we were like them, but didn't. Have to go through all of the social problems that non-white people <laughs> yeah, experience. Yeah, yeah. And this
1: sounds like the beat poetry movement, actually. Yeah, is alive, well, it's it wasn't
2: it's that far off? Is, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah no, mean, not, We go to jazz
0: clubs. We're cool. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean,
1: and I and I, and I love I, beat poetry movement, but I mean, but, you know, it is, oh, it no, is quintessentially pretty white. I mean, you know I, I mean? would say yeah.
2: that like the way that white people define cool in America has like very hugely been taking from black culture without Ooh. giving them credit since yeah. before the 1950s yeah. but like the whole time like we've known what cool is yeah it's just white people taking stuff from black people and I... then not giving anybody appropriate credit
1: i kind of hear you and yeah. and, and and ladies and gentlemen that is jamie Fontaine talking <laughs> about america there yeah. it is um, Jamie, I want to make a little bit of a transition and talk about your brand new book that is, uh, on, on the way to being out. You haven't held it in your hand yet. No, I don't think it's like a book yet. Yeah. 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 But it's just on the way and, this, and we're hoping to talk about it here on Lip Pop Bang and sort of get the scoop. So it's called Manhunt.
2: Um, it is a novella and by novella it means fiction. It is fiction and it's just shorter than... The average novel, which I think is like 200 pages. Yeah, I would say so. Since it's not a book, I don't know exactly how long it is, but like, it's short. It's real short. Yeah, and I would
1: also say it seems a little cross-genre to me in terms of the format. The format feels like Flash, Fiction a lot, you know, kind of like what uh, we were talking about with Tyrese a couple of podcasts oh, yeah. Yeah, back. Yeah. It, it, feels, it feels a lot like uh, Flash to me, in, I mean, in the way that it visually looks on the page.
2: And that's kind of how I built it. Oh, okay. like It started with one story, and then I sort of liked the narrator, and right. I felt like it. there was more to it than that. Right. But... Hey, I've never written anything this long before and yeah. finished it. And <laughs> well, congratulations so on that. That was part of how I tricked myself into writing a whole thing. There is. Was do it in tiny little pieces. Right. But I also felt like it sort of matched the way that you would remember a summer from your oh, past. Because like even that. though the book is in the the present tense, it you is. don't yeah, yeah, when yeah. you remember the summer that you were 13, you don't remember like Every single day for three months. I definitely don't. You res- <laughs> but if you were to build a narrative out of what you remember, it right. would be in different little pieces that right, yeah. sort of build a story of, like, the summer that I was 13, but yeah, yeah, not, yeah. are not, like, a full, like, play-by-play of each day. yeah. Yeah. Well, the
1: question I wanted to ask you about, uh, now, now that you've told the listeners that it, the narrator is age 13, which I don't actually, I'm not actually sure you say in the actual novella, you give ages around the narrator's age. But what's really interesting to me is that it seems like a novella about um, girlhood and growing up and, uh, you know, sexuality and the taboos of sexuality and all those sorts of things. But the specific question I wanted to ask you is that you mentioned um, beauty magazines, Cosmo, Seventeen, things that are, you know, they're mentioned in your novella. I wanted to say, like, how big was an influence of these beauty magazines on you as a child, a a female child growing up in America? And the last part of that question is, do you think those magazines have the same influence now, today, or do you think uh, it's not really pertinent or important or, you know?
2: I mean, so for those of you who haven't gotten advanced looks at the book, um, it does not take place in, like, a world with the internet.
1: Right, it does There's, there's no
2: cell phone. Right. And not in, like, the obnoxious, like, old, like, established writer where, like, they, but, like, the universe of this story happens yes. in a time before then. Because yeah. I don't know what it's like to be... 13 and And have a snapchat and have people like bullying you on facebook or whatever is happening to the children these days um i just know how shitty it was to be a 13 year old girl back in my day (laughs) in the 1990s back in the the past when people did have the internet but i didn't have the internet and it was also a very different access yeah Yeah, and i think
1: but i think magazines have always always been around that's why i'm asking this question and so my
2: access to magazines like i didn't I got old back issues of magazines because my grandfather had a dentist's office and would just subscribe to everything and then dump them off. Mm. So I had all of these magazines from like the 70s and 80s that were like, oh, we used to get like 17 back in the 80s. Like, do you want these? And of course I did. And so my (laughs) interest in magazines when I was a kid was much more like, as historical objects Mm. and then like I remember like because I would get them after the fact even if it was like oh it's 1997 and I'm reading 1994 issues like I wasn't really thinking of them as like telling me what is happening now and how I should live right it was like very much more like I am interested in the archives here right Right. Or like reading things that were like, like my mom would buy magazines right. for the horoscopes when she was feeling flush, right, and then compare them to right. see which one was the best horoscope, right. But also um, as a young girl, and though, so I would like, imagine that these magazines show
1: the world of women, you know, of a of. And squasi- you think of- that they and like you, or at least you
2: think they do at the time. I mean, yes, that's and what then I'm And so, like oh you, the idea you get like, oh about God. what like sex is from a cosmopolitan magazine before you've ever seen a dick (laughs) is not at all what sex is like right right? but you have like these vague notions and then you use those clues where you're like this doesn't sound right but i feel like exactly because like nobody to my knowledge in my world has ever put a scrunchie on a dick for a good reason for sex or an orange how like, many yeah, how like, many
0: bad how many bad times have they ran that like Oh my
1: god there're 10 like, oral n- sex
0: tips that will blow your man's mind And then out. it's just like, hey you
1: shouldn't be reading
2: those Oh
0: I definitely read those I mean that's why <laughs> I love this conversation joke. I'm because joking like, I, don't, I don't know Cosmo and 17 played a huge role in my life as oh, like okay. a young queer boy yeah well, Cuz I
2: think like there but there's all this stuff where you're like you read this and you're like I guess maybe some people are like, oh yeah, definitely. There's gonna be a lot of available ice cubes when I'm having sex. Right <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, the yeah. reality, but I feel like part of you is like, no, no, that's not a thing people actually right. do. Right. You don't know what people do, but you know it's not that. Right. But I think also when you're, and I don't know how everybody else's like youth was, but I think that especially like if you're if you are like a teenage girl the coming of age part of your life where you're like starting to kiss boys maybe if that's what you even if you don't grow up to want to kiss boys like you might be kissing boys yeah Uh, just like pressure to kiss boys right just like even if you don't want to kiss if you're like growing up as a boy who doesn't want to kiss girls you still probably kiss a few Yeah, and if you don't if you want to kiss everyone you probably feel a lot of ways about all of the terrible kissing and, like, miserable experiences.
1: <laughs> Which you also depict in the book. Yeah, no. Nobody... His face on mine, suddenly his tongue inside my mouth. Wow. Oh, yeah. yeah. That is... <laughs> yeah. That, that is... is not
2: exciting. Yeah, they're <laughs> children. They're bad at it. Like, yeah. And yeah. I think that's the thing is that, like, you know that it's bad, but you have been told that this is, like, something you should be doing. yeah, yeah. yeah. And part of you wants to be doing it. Yeah. Because it's, like, maturity, and you have, like, the hormones are starting, but you don't know what to do with them. So I think that, like, it's pretty universal that if you... I think it's more universal if you're a girl, because if you are, like, 13 and somebody's touching your dick, like, it's probably pretty cool until it's not cool anymore. Right. But if you're a girl and, like... Uh, somebody is like, let me see what I can do there. Like, the answer is not a good one. Like, they can't do anything helpful. Right. That's going to be bad. Yeah. (laughs) But the idea is that, like, you want that to happen. Yeah. And it means something. And I think what what I was thinking about a lot when I was writing this, when I wrote the first story that, like, turned into this novella, is that when you reach a certain point in your girlhood, you are told that you have power over people. Because yeah. of the way your body is, oh. and because girls are expected to be more mature than boys. Mm-hmm. And because of the way that like society socializes young women, mm-hmm. like you're told that you have to you have to police your body around other people who are reacting to it. Right. And right have right. all of this power over adult men and that's why they're yelling at you. Right. And you're told that you are suddenly responsible for all of this shit yeah. that you don't understand. Yeah, yeah. And that's not actually true. Yeah. But you're working with this false narrative where like yeah. all of a sudden like I grew my I grew boobs this summer, like I'm a woman. Right. Like and, you don't every, know what that and means. now I have got to make sure like I don't get in trouble with that, right? And right. not like, oh, this is a natural part of growing up, and it's going to continue to be weird. Yeah. in one way for a couple yeah. years, and then it's going to be weird in different ways until you die. Yeah, yeah, I think I think you depict all of that
1: in your in your novella. I think the uh, the way the way in which the narrator talks about her bra strap popping, the wire popping out of her bra, and trying to like get, keep that together until she gets home. You know, I think you depict all of that in ways in which. Uh, the, your readers know that this is this is a you know it's it's different to experience at, at a, as an adult to look back on girlhood, but I think in. In this novella, your narrator is very clear about being a child transitioning into into a young woman, and I think that's a very that's a space that often we haven't really probably seen in literature, and it and it feels real. That's the great part that I like about your work is that it feels if you know even the competition between the girls between Emily and Lauren, the other little girlfriends, you're like you know everybody wants to act like they kissed a boy or like they did something <laughs> with a boy. You know that's a very real like feeling that I yeah. that I remember feeling like everyone wants the most most experience. You know, but so you that's also
2: don't you want the most experience without having any the consequences. Right. And also the stigma. Of like the stigma. And also the stigma of right. being loose like, or easy or, or any of those. So it's yes, sure. And like up until a certain point, like no part of like young female sexuality is based around whether or not what's happening is feeling good for you. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. Like Very true.
2: Hopefully like all of the young women of the world have thoughtful early sexual partners, but like that. they don't. Yeah, (laughs) most of them don't. Yeah, like and look, we're all like fumbling dummies at that age, so it's not all poorly intentioned. Yeah, but like nobody's good at stuff until they practice. Yeah, and guess what? You didn't do yet. Right, you didn't practice. Yeah, well, right. That's true.
0: Yeah. So uh, I'm gonna stay on writing real quick, um, but a shift a little bit away from the book. You write an advice column for Barrel House. I do. And unlike some contemporary trends in like millennial advice. It's not ironic and it's not like a joke, right? It's um,
2: weird, right? Because yeah. <laughs> I got it making a joke on Twitter. Yeah. Like th- but I guess I I was like, oh well I should just give people advice. And I didn't really think about it that much. And uh, now I feel like I have a responsibility to be thoughtful. Which is weird. And, I mean, when I say that, like, I still manage to, like, let everybody who reads the advice column know, like, what, when I got my period. Right. And, like, (laughs) that I don't always use forks to eat salad. So, it's, like, thoughtful from, like, a, I think, like, from a feral advice columnist. But, (laughs) you know, thoughtful still. Yeah.
0: I think it is thoughtful. I I like that you almost always bring your own, basically explain but also show that you're talking from experience. Like... If something well, I'm definitely like this not like this qualified. Otherwise, yeah. if <laughs> that I'm was not, really my question. Yeah, like, like I, what I, gives like, you the right? No. <laughs> nothing.
2: I have a BFA in screenwriting from a defunct art school program. I like it. I yes. like yes. I, like it. I, I like am. It. I have no value on paper. Yeah. So if I don't bring, like, here is my experience yeah, and yeah, why yeah. I am telling you this is what you could do, yeah. And also why I always tell people that they should then talk to a therapist. Yeah. Because except for like the one about like going to the dentist. Like, I'm not qualified to help you long-term with your emotional (laughs) problems. I can tell you, like, what you need to hear, but then you need to work on the rest of it, and I'm super not qualified to help you with that.
0: But it's... that Even the dentist one ends up being still about interpersonal problems, right? It's not yes. like dentistry or payment. medication. It's not. It's about like it's not. communicating right. what you need. They
1: weren't like, how much more Novocaine do you think I should yes. get? You know what I mean? <laughs> well, yeah, they weren't I like also, that. Also,
2: I will say like, at, I call myself the feral advice columnist, but like I didn't, nobody taught me how to be a person. I just had to kind of figure it out. Yeah, and right. I'm not saying I did a good job, but because I had to just kind of like guess and then go, oh, that wasn't the right thing at all. I feel like I've felt out some ideas and because of that you know you learn often the hard way that like if you don't tell people what you need from them they cannot give it to you right and sometimes that we're just talking about the dentist and like if you say hey i'm gonna need painkillers for this can you give me some like and you're not saying that three times a week at the dentist like they should give you like five painkillers and then you should be careful when you use them but also like you just got your face drilled, like, take a painkiller, have an ice cream, live your life. All right.
0: Um, so you run a reading series, and for a long time you ran, you created a second one, sort of a literary um, like variety show. So I'm, I was just going to ask if you could tell us about those, um, what sort of, like, that organizing does for your sense of, like, community, specifically, like, literary community, and, like, if it's duty you're doing it for, if it's fun, if it's being a good literary citizen, and, like, what do you get out of it as well?
2: Well, I mean, at this point, I feel like I have somehow been able to, like, trick a bunch of people whose work I like, who I want to be friends with, to come visit me. And then I pay them in tater tots because I have zero money. I like that. I and, enjoy, I enjoy yeah. tater tots um, cause like, immensely. Yeah, and Tattooed Moms has great tattoos, But honestly, like, I set up my first reading series when I was 23, and I did it because nobody was listening to me or paying attention to me, and I wanted to make people pay attention to me. Now, I'm 34, and so I've been doing this for, like, 11 years now, which is so long. Ooh.
0: But, um...
2: But it's longer like, than a relationship. <laughs> uh, yeah. Mine. At least. But, like, but I my relationship to organizing events has yeah. definitely changed since I was like a sad twenty three year old with like kind of a weird old boyfriend who was like, "You can do this, but also I want to be the star. And then, but what happened was like I started a reading series and I wanted it to be fun because a lot of readings are not fun. Hmm. And I think people have become much more aware of this, like, as social media has like had people posting stuff from readings and so it's not all just like here is like one sad package of hummus and like <laughs> half a bottle of wine in that you have to cross in front of everyone to get to if you're having a miserable time but I think that like having a, a space where that isn't fully academic because lots of people who come through tattooed moms like have are very prestigious and have way more degrees than I'll ever have but we're not like here please explain your art because we have plenty of people who haven't gone to college and plenty of people who wrote books because that was all they could figure out how to do with like what they wanted to achieve and so i think that like coming at it and like i don't have any prestigious degrees but like my co-host mike like he has an mfa from the university of iowa he is a professor but also he doesn't want to have a bad time and so at this point like i've I would like to hope that I've grown from being like a shitty 23 year old who felt like (laughs) no one cared about her, like about her art, not like emotionally, but like about my art. (laughs) Um, and I feel like what I, I had that phase, but I realized it was much more fun to like get my friends together and like put on a show kind of like the Muppets. That's like in my mind, like what I want is like that like fun Muppet show energy. And I've tried to carry that throughout all of the shows I've hosted, because I hosted a reading series in, like, like 11 years ago. I hosted a storytelling show almost that long ago. I hosted a show at the Good Good Comedy Theater for a couple years. And we've been doing Tire Fire... We took over Tire Fire in 2015 from Sarah Rosetta and Annie Leontis, who took over from Christian DeBordo. And they had been doing it for maybe five years before mm. then. And so it was an, an established show, but it was, like... And it's, like, in, like, the most wonderful, inclusive dive bar Philadelphia has. And they're so supportive. And they give us free food and drinks for people, which is great because we have no money for this. This is not something we could pay people for. And I feel bad about that, but I'm also very upfront about that when I yeah. talk to people about yeah, it. Because supporting. I know that there are institutions that can provide and probably should provide more money. But since I'm just, like, a person doing this out of the weirdness of my heart, I'm, like very upfront with, like, I have no money. I can feed you. Yeah. I can get you drunk if you want to get drunk. If you don't want to get drunk, you don't have to. Right. Um, cause, you know, there are a lot of, there is, like, this pressure that exists for people in, like, the literary world to be, like, a fun drinker. And a lot of people shouldn't or can't be fun drinkers. Right. And Or like, don't want to be. Yeah. Right. And yeah. I think one thing about Tattooed moms that is really wonderful is that I don't think, even though it is 100% a bar, I know a lot of people who don't or no longer drink. Sure, I, I have feel bartenders. pretty comfortable there. I have bartenders who don't yeah. drink. <laughs> oh yeah, and I think like yeah, and I but I think that, and that's something that's important to me because like I have friends who are in recovery. Right, I have, right. and I know a lot Spectrum. of people who would like to yeah. be comfortable at a reading. Yeah, and bars aren't necessarily a comfortable place for everyone. Yeah, and so they're really great about it, and it's very much like let's all get together and put on a show. Right, and I'll make a weird spectacle of myself because it's not that hard. And Mike will make fun of me, and it'll be hilarious. And then we get to make all these new friends, which yes. is so corny to say. But also, I feel like that's very much the energy we put out into the world. Yeah. to talk like that, but I don't yeah. know how else to say it. Yeah, I agree. And we get it back, and it's really great. Yeah. And I think what you're saying,
1: what you've said earlier about... Um, the fact that many people who are poets or are writers hold academic degrees and that your space at Tattooed Mom does not feel like um, an academic space, I think that's really important. And I think what you do, it, and many people who host reading series across cities nationally are really interested in bringing literature to the people are really interested, you know, tattooed moms. I'm sure there are people in there that just live down the block and want to come and hear a good show and want to, you know, read some good stuff and maybe pick up a book and buy a book and hear someone funny like Jamie Fountain, you know, at the, at the head of the mic. So I think it's really important that what you're saying sort of, of like this idea about you know this democratic sort of process about yeah, bringing literature to people I that's th- the communal part that i think yeah. and i think that's important
2: because like there are a lot of brilliant people who don't go the academic route and there are a lot of wonderful people that do and it's but it's also like good to think about literature as something that anybody can access because right. that's what because everybody should have access to art and there are a lot of places that people don't feel comfortable and i want anybody to feel comfortable like and, if you bring do. your bring your mom out? bring your like best friend from grade
1: school or whatever i think you think dogs are banned
2: i've seen dogs but i, okay. I don't know the official rules like <laughs> okay. like if you can sneak your dog in there i do want to pet him um but yeah right. and i think that that's important because like because i think that some people get a complex about it where either they're like i am not achieving enough in the academic world, I am like maybe that I'm not as good as I think I am, or people who are like, I refuse to deal with that, or people who only look to that, or like how much like how how many awards and like sure. I want everybody I to know feel yeah. to like feel comfortable. Like I want all of my friends to like be yeah. wildly successful. Accept- and when I I use the term friends very loosely. Yeah, I've met your coworkers yeah. at Spider Yeah, Tiger like, Fire. yeah I'm, and I met, I, they're like, I am just worker And like I feel like the the best part of like the the writing community at large is that we can all we're all like in theory in this together and like if everybody does well then like we're all doing better and that's ninety five percent of my attitude about this all the time. I love being some the first place somebody reads. I love having people who are like very prestigious who are like oh yeah I'll still do it. Like how did we pull that off? You know,
1: <laughs> amazing.
2: I love when we book somebody a few months in advance. And I think that their book is going to do well, but it hasn't come out. And then, like, their book has come out, and it's insane. Like, um, a couple years ago, I had planned with Carmen Machado for her mm-hmm. to come read mm-hmm. before her Body and Parties her, okay. and other parties came out, and she was reading like a month and a half after it came out, and that was like crazy, the most packed wow. we had been because cool. she has a huge community here of people, yeah, and Even she bigger than wrote Tommy a book. Tommy Pico should fill every room he ever speaks in. I am obsessed with Tommy Pico. I know you are. He is the best. He's brilliant. He's so funny. He's also, like, objectively one of the most beautiful people I've ever seen. Wow. Okay. Have you seen his face? Yeah, like, Tommy knows he's beautiful. And I would say it to his face, and I think I have. But he's also... He is also one of the greatest performers I know in literature because he... Gets up there and like he studied breath control and he approaches it like he's singing and he's so much himself and so much his art yeah and he's fucking brilliant and he should win every award he wins and he should win twice the awards and (laughs) there's a PSA people yeah and and, but also I think that he represents like both like all of the best things about that because like he is educated and he's going into college classes and high school classes and talking to people about art but he also like started this on a tumblr and he wasn't doing this like his long form book projects. Like they didn't start as like, this is my master's thesis. Or right. Like, this was my PhD. Right, it's right, just right. like, this is what I started making and this is what I have done. And it's amazing. Yeah. And it's something that I think, and I feel like that's a great example of somebody who is both like well respected in the Academy at this yeah. point And also like super fun to be around. Yeah. Um, and we just Which try to everything. like combine all of those things and get Tommy to come here whenever we can trick him into coming back.
0: Yeah. All right, we're back with the pop segment of the show. Uh, Jamie stepped out for this part of the show, but don't worry, she'll be back for the bang portion of the Should podcast. We? yes. Yeah, so uh, we took a month off and there's been a lot going on since we last talked. It has been. Yeah, plus it's summertime. It summertime is. I was like... Up album releases, movie releases, yeah, right, exciting stuff. stuff. Yeah, a lot going on. Yeah, I think you wanted to start with some. Yeah, some I want st- to Beyonce. I'm, I'm
1: afraid. I am afraid <laughs> to even go here, people. I'm just letting you know. But anyway, let me give you the skinny in case you did not know. The wife of the Warriors owner, Joe Lacob, L-A-C-O-B, I think that's how you say that. Lacob, sure. You think? Why not? I don't know. Anyway, her name is Nicole Curran. Um, she was caught on video. There's a, a video you can go dig it up. Uh, leaning across Beyonce and asking Jay-Z for something to drink. Of right, course, this was
0: at game three, right? And yeah, game three. And there
1: Right, NBA, right, uh, F- Jay finals. Jay and Beyonce was right, saying court exactly. side. exactly. Okay, yeah, yeah. She yeah. leaned over Beyonce. We didn't know what she was asking. We only see the video of <laughs> her leaning over <laughs> yeah. and saying something, you know, yeah. and, and Beyonce kind of smiling politely and then leaning back and then her leaning right. over again and saying something. So we actually didn't know what was happening until we read the news later. And we found out that this woman was only asking Jay-Z what he wanted to drink. Yeah. That's all she was asking. And it was really loud in the stadium. Yeah. so he couldn't hear so she was like oh let me ask you again so she leaned up again and yeah. then leaned over beyonce and asked you know what he wanted to drink so apparently uh this was caught on video and beehive fans went crazy because it's the body
0: language in that video right Oh, you because like, you- because so she goes from like polite right she goes from polite and smiling to like side eye yeah, to I'm no longer putting up with this.
1: Right, right? but she doesn't say anything. Yeah. She, she goes Beyonce in the elevator. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to, I Beehive fans, yeah. do not, do not at me. Do not come on, do not tweet the show, anything. I'm just saying, Beyonce goes a little blank when she, she's not a confrontational girl, it doesn't no. seem to me. So but, that, but I do think, if you watch the video, nobody's really talking about this,
0: but she clearly, at one point, she sits forward, right? Uh-huh. And sort of like, puts the block up between this lady and Jay um, right after the face goes right so I don't know I would I would love to see like a, what is it a kinest- kinestologist or whatever the people who study oh, yeah, body yeah. language. Yeah, yeah, you're
1: right. But wait, we haven't <laughs> I haven't finished the thing. So I haven't finished to say that Nicole Curran on her Instagram and Twitter got death threats and angry comments from the Beehive
0: for for talking
1: to Jay for talking to oh Jay. Oh my God! So that so that's the part, and she was very upset. She said through her tears, "I've never experienced cyberbullying like this before." This is what Nicole Curran said, and then um, Beyonce and Jay actually didn't make a public statement, but Beyonce. Beyoncé's publicist Yvette Noelle Shore put up a picture of Jay Z and Beyoncé and said, "I know that your love runs deep, meaning your, their love for Beyoncé, but that love has to be given to every human. That's what Beyoncé's publicist came and made oh, that's a statement. Good. Yeah, that's it good. is. She gave it a front, a forward-facing, um, you know, uh, attitude to it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But um, they said apparently this is the funny. This is the hashtag underneath the carpet. They said that Beyoncé made a post, an Instagram post too, of her night." at game three, with a bunch of pictures. But she had a picture of her and Jay-Z, and she cropped out <laughs> Nicole Curran. So that, I mean, I don't know. I was mean, it, was but, it on purpose? Who knows, people? I don't know if it was But on even purpose. if it was
0: like subconscious, right? Like We all have bad nights, right? Where we do. We, where we, we give a, a rude gesture or aren't polite enough to someone, right? And for most of us, it's just a rude night, right? Right. But when the whole world is watching... Uh, and and your Beyonce, you I mean, this, this is like fame. Fan base behind this you is fame, yeah. right? Yeah, you know what totally. I mean.
1: But here's what I'm saying, people. Bi, be, be you know, you can feel however you want to feel. I think death threats is uh, beyond the limit of anger. Yeah, you understand what I'm saying? I think that that to me um, is. A distasteful I think it's also uh, erroneous to just think that you know you you can understand what's going on beyond the video yeah. I think you know if you weren't there you don't really know what yeah. transpired yeah, right yeah. so I think it's you know it's like uh, innocent until proven guilty is sort yeah. of the thing you know and even if she was even if the woman was saying Jay-Z let's go to the hotel and get buck naked you know <laughs> <laughs> even if she was saying that is it really the the beehive's like, business to be, you know what I mean, to be sort of intervening in that sort of... That's for Jay-Z and Beyoncé to work work out on their own yeah, private terrain. It's sort absolutely. of what I feel like, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So I'm just saying, death threats, beehive, calm yourself down, take a chill pill, everybody take a melatonin, calm down, you know what I mean, have a glass of red wine, whatever, <laughs> and relax yourself that's so, that's my that's my spiel uh,
0: speaking of royalty oh speaking of Beyonce and royalty you yeah. also had something you were talking about Meghan Markle right? yes
1: this is true uh, the, and keeping keeping in uh, in line with the hashtag black girls uh, magic right <laughs> you know um, yeah Meghan Markle this is a really short one uh, as we know 45 that's how I refer to him um, the big trumpster the orange man the man with the comb over um, it has been visiting the UK and making his rounds uh, to visit the queen and the royal family. Apparently, Meghan Markle uh, did not meet with Trump, which I think is extremely interesting. Uh, She missed the Royal banquet at the Buckingham Palace, and she also missed uh, a royal luncheon where Trump met with uh, Prince Harry and the whole family, Queen, everybody. So um, she's saying that she's still on maternity leave. I'm doing air quotes for those of you who can't see me. (laughs) Um, Meghan Markle's saying she's still on maternity leave, but I think it's a concerted effort on her part, uh, you know, not to soiree with uh, 45. Yeah, I I think that's reasonable.
0: I think, like, she should be able to say, you know, as like, the American and really as the person who like people are looking to when they think about relations between the Royals and the American uh, right, the American people, right, right, right. Um, I think it's fine for her to say like, no, nope, not interested. Right.
1: I mean, but what's the, what's the standard there? What's the requirement though? You, you oh, know, who cares? I mean, her, I, but I'm saying, <laughs> let her be a people. She's I, like, I agree. I yeah. wouldn't, I would meet him. But, yeah. but I'm saying is, do, is she, is there some sort of requirement that she has being a part of the royal family, just to save face and go, be at the luncheon, shake his hand, whatever, eat yeah. chicken, or whatever they do. They probably don't eat fried chicken. What am I talking about, people? I don't know. But anyway, the, I'm like, eat fried chicken. anyway. But what, it, you know, it, it, does she have a responsibility is the real question. Do you, I, uh, you would say
0: no? I think if she has a responsibility, it's to go to the luncheon and tell him off. Uh, you're too,
1: I... you're you're too far to the left. We can't trust you, Mom. Anyway, anyway, I I just wanted to mention that, people. I thought it was pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, I think it's interesting that she didn't meet him, and I think um, not a lots really being said about it. I mean, just it was like, it was like a byline in the, you know, in the you yeah. the uh, the Guardian News. You know, yeah. it was like, and Meghan Markle did not attend the, you know what I mean? So I was like, oh, she's choosing. She's saying she's attending to the baby. Oh, who, the baby who was yeah, she born, was a kid. the baby who was born on May. Let me double check this date. I think it's May. 8th. It could be May 6th. I could be wrong about that. And his name is Archie Harrison yeah, yeah, yeah. Mountbatten it's May, Windsor. It's yeah, It's May 6th. I'm sorry people. That's his name. He has the longest name. The boy Archie Harrison Mountbatten Windsor. Archie
0: for me is like one of the most British names I can imagine. Really? Yeah. Archie just seems, seems super so British. British yeah.
1: The, the Duchess of Sussex.
0: Um, Alright. Uh, shifting gears a little bit. I wanted to talk about mm-hmm. Um, HBO's limited series Chernobyl. Have Which you seen it yet? I have not, but I have oh, heard. You are missing out. It is so good. Okay. Tell me All about right. it. So, HBO and Sky um, have created a... Sky? Uh, I don't know. It's uh, other people who are producing it. I oh, okay. don't know if it's an outside company they work oh, with okay, or whatever, okay, okay. but um, they have created a limited series, so six shows okay. uh, contained, right? Okay. I'm not going on past that. It's a dramatization of the 1986 nuclear disaster at the Chernobyl nuclear oh, right, power right, right. plant okay, okay. Um, in Soviet Ukraine. So, uh, first of all, the show is amazing. Um, it's you about it? You've I it loved it. Long. I watched the whole thing so far. Okay. Uh, I, it's done now, so I, I finished it. Mm. Um, it's about both the disaster and the response, like both mm. both the emergency response, how but also like the political response. It's a dramatization that claims sort of, like, ineptitude and finger-pointing and covering yeah. up yeah, yeah, caused yeah. things to be much worse than they actually were. Uh-huh. Um, uh And it's certainly meant to make us all think about nuclear energy and its risks, but it's also, like, really a political thriller, and it's, like, character-driven narrative. Yeah, of and course. It's so Of good. course. Um, right, right, right. The cool thing about it, it's so, a couple things. One, it's currently the highest rated show ever on IMDb. Mm. For what that's worth, I think it's all user-driven there. Yeah. Um, but here's the interesting thing. According to the Moscow Times, the Kremlin dislikes the show so much that it is behind the development of another series about it, which tells a story from a different perspective. We're not here for that. Um, this one, apparently, it claims that American disruptors... We're in the plant when an event happened. Uh I'm really interested I'll watch that too. It may be right. like, it I may mean, be I pure too. propaganda. I would
1: too. I would I would just to see. Yeah. And now. it's not
0: that this show isn't. This show is also right. very propagandic. Yes. Like it's it clearly like, it. like anti-communist, right? right? Uh, of course.
1: That's what I thought um, about. I yeah. haven't seen it, but I'm, yeah. I'm speaking a priori, but whatever, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah.
0: And given given its historical nature, a lot of that is like reasonable criticism. Right? right. But some right. of it is just like clearly like a Western gaze towards Soviet uh, communism. Right, but I think
1: this is a really interesting... What I think is interesting about Chernobyl is uh, it's interesting for this show to be appearing now mm, in American political history, right? That's what I I think is really... I think even Game of Thrones, I I think these are really interesting, even though Game of Thrones has been going on for a long time. It's longer than 45's tenure in the White House. But I think it's a really interesting time for people to be thinking about... About disaster, sure, sure. I think it, you don't know, have about. about the, I mean, I think it's. I think p- people now more than ever, it seems like to me, are really contemplating what the world could look like sure. if we don't get yes. our shit together. Sure,
0: and that could be authorial intent or it yep. could be reader response. It doesn't matter. It doesn't right? matter. You yeah. watch a show like Chernobyl, and a couple of things you automatically think of like yeah. global disaster. Yes, something we're experiencing right now. Yes, right? you think of U.S. Soviet tensions. Yes um with the Russia tensions we have now right, right? Um, you think uh, Russian
1: Russians tampering with elections perhaps in the <laughs> yeah. background of yeah. that maybe so, yeah right?
0: and and you think of nuclear energy too you can't help right. but think of things I mean, like fukushima yeah, right yeah, and yeah, if yeah, you've yeah. read anything about like fukushima's yeah. response to their yeah. emergency to draw parallels there as well. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah.
1: So I think it's an interesting time. I think, I mean, I'm, I'm not, uh, the show I haven't seen, but I, I think it's an interesting time for shows like this to be cropping up in the American psyche. Yeah, absolutely. Think, and it's, I mean?
0: it's a brilliant show. I, I really encourage everyone to check it out. You're into it. I am. All right, one last thing before we go. Um, I want to talk about John Waters. Do you oh, like okay. John Waters? I do like John oh, Waters. He's
1: quirky, Um, but I, <laughs> but I like him. You know what I yeah. mean? And always at the Maryland Film Festival, um, I always check out whatever his pick is is for the Maryland Film Festival. He always picks a film um, that is his number one that he is backing. He usually speaks at the film. Um, Yeah, so I like to see... I mean, I like him as an artist, but I also like him supporting other... Um, cinematographers and, yeah. and their work that's really yeah. important yeah too. he
0: rides from Maryland and he does. More and, more in general. Yeah. and local artists yes. for sure which he is does. awesome about him so yeah. I like him so uh, I was gonna say John Waters has a new book out it just came out oh. in May uh, Mr. Know-It-All oh mister uh, subtitled The Tarnished Wisdom of a Filth Elder oh okay uh, so it was just released um Fans, if you don't know John Waters, he's, he's a local celebrity he here, is. but he's also a national celebrity. He, he is. is. that uh, The man with the pencil-thin mustache behind <coughs> such films is Pink Flamingo, right. Polyester, right. Hairspray, right. Crybaby. Right. Hairspray uh, and
1: Crybaby are probably the ones that people know yeah, the most.
0: Got that Johnny Depp. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's my Hairspray, that. which was adapted to yeah. stage, and then that stage version was adapted to a new Hairspray film. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, not to mention, I should say, he also has a supporting role in... The best episode ever of The Simpsons. Oh yeah, uh, Homer's <laughs> phobia.
1: I don't know if we can quote that. I don't know it's if a, we can. It's a good one. Uh, <laughs> that's like South Park. They did told tons of episodes about uh, celebrities that I like. Yeah, too.
0: he's good. He plays. Um, he plays Homer's first gay friend, and Homer uh, reacts poorly to it. I've never seen that episode. It's a good one. That's it's, scary. It's quite a good one. <laughs> um, it, it's um, it's great because even in the nineties, late nineties when it aired, it's less poking fun at uh, um, gay men which is often often the humor you get mm-hmm. right and more poking fun at homophobia yeah. which is great um yeah. okay so the I book see. is uh, stories from his life as a filmmaker along with uh, uh, irreverent advice and hot takes from the Pope of Trash John Waters um also, you know John Waters lives uh, uh, in or around my neighborhood. Campbell, oh, I didn't know in, that yeah. actually. Okay. Um, many of his movies are set here in Hamden yeah. or filmed here in Hamden. Yeah. Um, my local bookstore, yeah, bookstore Atomic? which I launched my yeah, yeah, first yeah. first yeah. full length book. Um, they, uh, it's where all his fan mail goes. Is what? There a yeah, I didn't they know that. The, they run his fan mail for him. He comes by regularly to come pick it up. Can you get
1: a bookstore to run your fan mail? If is there you're a, John is there... Waters, you oh, can. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I love that. I'm like, can you and I get a bookstore to yeah. run our fan mail?
0: But they also do, he also, for all his books and tours and stuff and movies, he'll do an event there. Yeah, So of course, once right. once a right. year or so, right, right, there'll right, be right. an event there to line around the block. That's and cute. That's really cool. That's but, cute. I love it. Um, one of the cool things they're doing with him for the new book is this self-guided walking tour of oh, Hamden. Okay. Okay. So it's a little uh, little like uh, sheet you get and it shows you all the yeah. places around the neighborhood yeah, and you yeah. have to see them yeah, yeah, yeah. of places in Hamden that have appeared in this sure, film. But sure, Here's sure. an interesting one. Do you pay for that? Is that a-, is that a No, they're, they're passing out, like, oh, bars and, and- It's free to, to yeah. the tour. Oh, mm-hmm. I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, but interesting thing about it, I, I, I picked one up, and apparently one of the spots um, from his film, Pecker, is in the alleyway- Oh, yeah, so you're tweeting about yeah, this. Yeah, directly be, behind my house. house. Um, yeah, so yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah. funny. It's a scene shot where two, like, Two rats have sex, I think is what it is. True. Okay, yeah. all right. Not Let something me. glamorous okay. at all. Uh.
1: Well, I, did, I don't know if, I don't know if yeah. listeners needed that part, <laughs> just that there was a scene shot um, behind your house. But it's
0: directly behind my house. Yeah. Um. And um, it's funny because even before we saw this, we've always called the alley back there, Rat Alley.
1: Ooh, you know? yeah. I, ooh yikes. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I don't... I don't. I don't subscribe to any. I lived in New York City, city of rats, basically, yeah. and so now I. I, I yeah. don't. But I feel like that's it. Is that I, it. I think that's it. <laughs> Let's people. end with we that. Rats behind my house. Rats. <laughs> we're ending with rats <laughs> behind our house, and we'll be right back with the bang portion.
0: All right, and we're back with the bang we portion are. of the podcast. Jamie's back with us for this. She is. Uh, you know what to talk about?
1: What oh, do you want to talk about?
0: Summertime.
1: Yeah, okay. I know summertime. we're in the Mid summertime's
0: not great, right? I mean, it, it's it, hot it, it, gets, and it gets good at the end of
1: summertime. Yeah. Really, actually, yeah. we don't have a good yeah. beginning, but we have a really good. Yeah, we got like three end.
0: weeks right before summer and three weeks after that are we nice, do. and everything you else know? in between is miserable. Yeah, is. very humid. It but is humid and rainy. At but the growing up, grown up West Coast, though like West Coast, I live in places with like real mild changes between seasons, right? And having like distinct seasons here means a lot to me, right? Mm. Because like even if you're not in the Academy, you like it. Summertime has a, a pace here. Okay. Right? Things the pace changes in summertime. Even if you work year round, right? Even if you're not in work anywhere around yeah, the Yeah, I would agree. The
1: pace changes. Yeah.
0: Because it's hot. People City. don't want to be outdoors. I
1: mean, also students are are out of school. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. kids. Yeah. Kids, so yeah. they're around. They're in cities. They, yeah. you know, yeah. during during the year they're not around. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. Even if you work in an office, the number of people that are around all the time is like very it goes different. down. It yeah. Goes so down so it's like, the oh, summer. my kids are off. I'm working I'm gonna work from home this week. Right. Like right. the pace of right. things changes a lot. Right, right. It, Do you, are y'all doing anything this summer? Oh. Yeah. Summer plans? I'm going on a book tour. Of course. Yeah. Oh, my book is yay. coming out in July. It's a man hunt. Yeah, and I'm going on a tour with Nicole Callahan and Tomas Moniz um on the East Coast, because Tomas is from California and he's gonna come here and then so we're doing that, and that will either be really fun or not. I hope fun. But I've never gone on a book tour before so Do you know what cities you guys are going we to We are definitely... we're starting in Philly.
1: Okay.
2: Uh we're going to be in New York for two days. Okay, and cool. we're ending in Baltimore and we haven't nailed down
1: other places the rest of it. But okay. we will be
2: in Baltimore on Sunday, July twenty first, and we're starting in Philly. Cool. On cool. Tuesday, we'll sure. July sixteenth. We'll have that awesome. in the awesome. show notes for sure. Yeah, yeah we will.
1: Yeah. 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 We'll have links um, to all that. So stuff. that'll be
2: that'll be interesting.
1: Yeah, cool. So that's it. So no big vacation for you. I mostly was- is that kind of vacation? You I see mean, it as work or adventure?
2: Um, I mean, it's, it feels like I'm going to be living somebody else's life, maybe. Cool. I mean, the good thing is that um, one of my dearest friends uh, lives in New York, and she is a public school teacher, so she's off. So I was just like, are you going to be in town the days that I'm in New York? I'm just going to come stay at your house, and you can be my date to these things. And, like, I've known her since, like, the first... Is something with an A? It's... Her name is Deb. I have my other best friend is named Alana. Oh, and I talk the, about her all the time. Alana was. Like I talk the about my friends all the time because the I love everyone. Actually. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, But um, my friend Deb, who I have known since like the first day of college, cool. Hundreds of years ago, um, she's like the most delightful, most Brooklyn person. Oh, like Brooklyn. She is from Brooklyn. like because so yeah. she she is and this is she's like five feet tall. Oh, she is a high school. Tinier than you. She's tinier than me. You're, She's like five, kind of maybe tiny. five feet even. I'm a solid five foot two on a good day. I adore, um, I adore the you. And say Deb that. is from Canarsie. Oh, Canarsie. And exactly, exactly, <laughs> and she. She is a high school uh, special education teacher, and whenever like the kids are like, "Well, what do you know?" because she's like a tiny white woman. She's like, "Look, I'm from Kanasi, bitches." Right, and like, and then they're just like, "Okay, okay, I got it." And she is like the toughest, funniest person with the biggest heart. Cool. And so I'm gonna go eat snacks on her couch. Yeah, that's oh, gonna be fun. That, that sounds like lovely. One, yeah. yeah, she's a delight.
1: Uh, me. Uh, yes, uh I have I have some tentative summer plans, but nothing has been nailed down yet. So I'm not talking about them because I don't want to jinx them once yeah, they're once you. once I they're once they're, once they're tied down, I'll be more um excited about them. At the moment, um one of the things I'm doing, I'm teaching an online class over oh, the cool. summer. So that'll be fun. I'm teaching an online humor poetry class, oh. and um that should be uh both exciting and fun. It's it's something I've never I've never taught online ever in my life, this is the first time I'm doing that. That's so that, amazing. So it, soo- so it sounds like work, but actually I think it's gonna be quite fun to uh, meet people who are not um, in the academy, in the university system, and also be teaching them poetry. I always yeah. like that. Yeah, I always yeah, like totally. to like sort of expand my yeah. Yeah. Um, reach and vision and teach people who are not inside. I mean, no disrespect to my students, I love my students, who are who are fantastic. But also it's really nice to spread the love of literature in the world. Yeah. So that's one yeah, of the things that I'm doing. Yeah,
0: I wish I had cool plans to share with you. I'm not really. I mean, you
1: haven't nailed them down yet. Uh,
0: I'm teaching. uh, oh, yeah. uh I'm te- a summer camp, a creative writing summer camp for high for no for That's middle cool. school, middle schoolers and high schoolers. Yeah, no, yeah, it's, it's cool, but it's only like a week. Adorable. It's super it cool, and you know, I I actually talk shit. I don't really love kids, um, and I teach. I teach adults, um, but it's actually really cool for a week spending time with like. Young people. You know, young people who are, like, the young people I was, right? Like, who, like, who are, like, uh, 13, 14 and just yeah. fucking love books and are excited yeah. about books and writing. And yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah I yeah. feel
2: like it's really, if you do not have children, it's really easy to be, like, kind of wary of them. Yeah. But yeah. then, and, like, there are a lot of, you know, no offense to the children listening to this podcast, but, like, there are some are duds excellent. out there. Like, <laughs> major duds. <laughs> but. Jesus. Most of the children that I know, who yeah. are the children of my friends and coworkers, are smart yeah. and excited well, about. And also, they're so weird. And you forget how weird you were when you were a kid, or you think that it was like just like that. You have always been this weird, yeah, and this yeah, is you. Yeah. And then you start talking to kids, and you're like, "Oh yeah." Oh, yeah. Their brains aren't done, <laughs> and it is fascinating. It is.
1: It's amazing. Yeah. yeah, I think it's super amazing about kids. Speaking of summertime, do either of you have? Favorite summertime jams? That was supposed to be... Oh yeah,
0: that's slug. the actual question. Right, right. The original
1: bang question. <laughs> we got question. a tangent. Yeah. yeah. Got a so, tangent. question, yeah. Yeah.
0: The summertime jam, right? Yeah. That's your favorite, most iconic... I'm asking what, you. What's your summertime jam? I'll, about, I'll start, yeah. you start. Um, I don't know if you know this one. This is a nerdy... This is something a 35-year-old punk rock guy would say. 36 by the time this episode airs. Um, my summer song is Constructive Summer by The Hold Study. The Whole Study know. is like a band that aging punk's are really into. Can you sing a
1: little piece of it? Um, like, no, but there's
0: a line I really like. Oh. Um, uh, it's about summer, and it's, let this be our annual reminder that we can all be something bigger.
1: Ooh, um, look at that. Like, very, very right? poetic. That we can so all, we could all this be is, something bigger.
0: They're really good. They write a lot of narrative songs, which I'm really into. I like um, it. Yeah, Constructive Summer by The Whole Study. That's my jam.
1: So I'm going to let Jamie go last, but I'm going to go next, and it's super cheesy and super yeah. easy. Give, give it to me, the cheesiness. It, it's Summertime by Will Smith.
0: That's iconic. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I yeah. mean, that's, you know, girl... Sitting in a car, you spend all day waxing. It's, yeah, 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 yeah. But,
1: yeah. That's, I mean, it's it. I mean, yeah. you know, it's like... And appropriate
0: for Philly, recording in Philly. Oh, that's, that's true. It. I
1: didn't even think about that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. shit. Yeah, right, right, right. I mean, I don't like Will Smith. I don't ride for Will... You know, I... I'm gonna be honest with the Lip he Pop Bang. He doesn't need
2: your money. He doesn't,
1: and he's in a new movie. Gonna be in a new movie called Gemini or something. I don't care. He's he's doing the you know the uh, the 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 Drake uh, you know uh, whatever is what is it the Shiggy challenge. I don't care about. I don't care I don't about even know what that is. I don't I don't ride for any of his movies. I don't. I, don't, I know I know Anthony is shaking his head. Lip Pop Bang listeners, he is. I don't care about any any of that Men in Black. I don't give a shit about any of that stuff. But Summertime, I ride for the song.
0: Okay, so I love early, you know... Uh, Fresh
1: Prince of Bel-Air?
0: Bel uh, just the show, and Pass. I love, but I also love the song. I love early Will Smith and DJ Jazzy Jeff, of course. Really good. And I love old. I love now old Will Smith, right? The middle stuff, uh, Miami. Welcome to Miami, where the heat is on. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Take it early. That
2: song gets in my head it is, without it my <laughs> hearing it twice a week, and it has been Ever since it came out, yeah. and I can't stop it, but and I don't done. know how. He's done. But that's
1: the thing. He's, that's, over. I love he's him. over.
0: I love him. Yeah, yeah even but more he's than just like, he's like an
2: ancient. He's just like a weird dad now. He is yes. a weird. That's yes. what I love that's a, Yeah. Why do all, you
0: love he's, it? He's a rad weird parent. He's like, yeah, I'm gonna unschool my kids and oh, really yeah, let yeah. them do what they want okay. with identity and gender. And, I agree with that. He's openly poly, and like he's all the stereotypes of like weird poly, right?
1: Um, I think you're wrong about openly Polly. I think you're he's wrong. He's Semi about that. open. I think you're wrong about that. And that and there and therein friend
0: I Okay. He's also a weird old sci-fi nerd and he's unapologetic about being well, a weird he is old that. sci-fi nerd. Yeah, I agree about that. He's all these nerdy old corny stereotypes. Yeah. And that makes me I like would love it if he would be if he more. would be po-
1: if he would be open about his he seems like he. Situation. Should,
0: he seems like he should live in like Tacoma Park, Maryland. Like he's that. Kind <laughs> he of, seems yeah. like he should
1: live in, at Burning Man or somewhere. I don't. I don't know.
0: Yeah, in uh, Santa Fe. In
1: like
2: a uh, very comfortably air conditioned tent. Yeah. yeah, tent. Look at me. Tent.
0: Yeah. Look. In, but anyway. In Santa Fe, but like a really pricey. We're house getting
2: off on Will Smith. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, what is Jamie, your? Jamie. This is a summertime. Hard question. Um. And so I can't say what definitively it would be. I am guessing that this particular summer is going to be all Lizzo all the time for almost everyone. Because like, how could you not? Yeah, Yeah, she and she got us early. Um, But was that Coachella? When I think about like what song reminds me the most of summer, it is specifically the music video for Mariah Carey's Always Be My Baby with her like on the tire swing, running Mm -hmm. her finger through the pond, those two kids kissing at a summer camp. My (laughs) summer, every summer of the last however many years I've been alive. My birthday was the other day, so
1: 34. Oh, Um, belated.
2: Thank you. Um, But so I've never had a summer like that. I never attended an overnight camp. People didn't like me when I was young. All of my romanticism of, like, this is based entirely in, like, man, that's a good music video. (laughs) Um, But, like, undeniable. Yeah. The the whole
0: outfit, her hair in that video. Oh, yeah. It's so good. You
1: 90s, I don't know.
2: But but I'm also, I mean, Mariah Mariah Carey had some amazing music videos in the 90s. Especially when she was like, I'm going to start directing them myself based on... Times I took too you, much what melatonin. Do, what do
1: you do about glitter, though? Glitter is just such. I mean, that movie is just. Mm.
0: That's an era when she. I, I mean, that's the era she really shifts, but painful. The, those first two three albums. Painful.
2: When she like came out of her marriage to Tommy right. Matola yeah, and was like, yeah. "I'm directing my videos. I'm like, doing my thing. Right. Me and ODB are hanging out. <laughs> like questionable. I'm gonna <laughs> sample the Tom Tom Club. Here's what right. we're doing. Here's like, what we're doing. That yeah. era of Mariah was like perfect. And I uh, I, I love her. I
1: feel like she gets lost in the shade. Of, I mean, her and Whitney Houston get lost in the shade of Beyonce. But I'm not, I don't want to say anything to set the B be, the fan, yeah. the B high yeah, Because I love right. Beyonce, so. Yeah. yeah I mean, like, right. Beyonce
2: yeah. couldn't be who she is now without the paths yeah. that those two artists I mean, but we don't hear about forge. It, We too. don't hear
1: about it, But yeah. I, I agree with you that Whitney Houston and Mariah Carey are Foundational for someone yeah. like Beyonce. Yeah. Beyonce is totally standing on the backs of those two people, but I just feel like we don't hear we don't yeah. hear that.
2: And I think that also um, Mariah doesn't get enough credit for really bringing hip hop into R and I agree with you because like I she agree. really she did, did a lot of that, and she did it really prominently. And, and, she, and, she, and she's a mixed race person who looks white. Who and. <laughs> looks but, up and she like used that to her advantage to be like how can I bring people into this like she her collaborations were like in the 90s were amazing and they really like brought people into different genres of music that they wouldn't have otherwise heard and I I don't think she gets enough credit for that I mean she's also a ridiculous person she's basically like if Miss Piggy were a human woman (laughs) and uh, I love that about her too
1: (laughs) and that friend,
0: she is she's so good (laughs) So that's it. That's the episode.
1: That is it. We're done.
0: Yeah, we're done. Thanks so much exciting. for joining us. <laughs> it was exciting. Yeah,
1: we're we're, <laughs> we're so excited. We're talking over one another.
0: <laughs> uh, as always, uh, remember to follow us on social media.
1: Twitter. Yeah,
0: like us uh, wherever you like your podcast. We still don't
1: have an Instagram. We we're gonna really get an
0: Instagram, folks. We, keep, we, we keep, keep talking about it. It'll be soon.
1: It'll super
0: soon. You'll hear. You'll hear from us soon. And coming to you
1: from Philly, this is Cece. And this is Anthony. And this is Lit. Pop. Bang.